This is EdTech Now, a short podcast about education technology and how it's used in the classroom. EdTech Now is sponsored by StackUp, a Chrome browser extension that tracks reading online for teachers and students and delivers metrics to administrators. Now, here's our host, Noah Geisel, Education Director at StackUp. Hey, Noah. Hey, Lee. Great to be with you and great to be with our guest today, Angela Myers. She has been creating and leading change in education enterprise for 31 years, teaching every level of school from grade school to graduate school and consulting with companies around the world. Angela, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. I am so honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. Absolutely. Me too. It's always a a real treat for us to sit down with EDU heroes of of our own and and pick your brain. You know, when I first got introduced to you, it was around the hashtag you matter. And that has exploded from an idea to a mantra to really a full-blown movement. What have been some of the surprises along the way that you think could be lessons for others who know that they matter and decide to launch something ambitious of their own? That is a great question. It has been four years, if you can believe it, and we've been tracking the hashtag for four years, and as of about eight months ago, is over eight and a half million shares of the message of mattering, over 95% attributed to the movement. And it is, it is something that I woke up one day and my life changed. It wasn't just like, here's a speech, because I've been living the message of mattering my whole life. I mean, I started my career with five-year-olds. Like you can't matter more than being present for five-year-olds. So it wasn't actually until I left them that I recognized that we have a mattering gap, not just in school, but in our world. And at the core of everything that we say our agendas, you know, we've got a tech agenda, you know, a diversity agenda, we've got all of these disparities and all these challenges. And at the core of them, the foundation you will find people that don't believe they matter. They don't feel seen. They don't feel heard. They don't feel value. They don't know their value. They don't know how to articulate it. And I think the most devastating is they don't believe their contributions are valued or have value. And these aren't just emotional perils. These are perils that impact economics. They impact productivity. They impact innovation. But most importantly, they impact our potential to have hope And futures are built on hope and possibilities. And when we lose hope, we lose everything. And so I think the biggest, most fundamental lesson for me was that this is not just a message for the downtrodden. This isn't just a message for people that are on the surface level in a hopeless situation, that mattering is a DNA level essential need. It is as critical to our well-being and our ability to be human at every level of that as food, water, shelter, and air. And it must be positioned in our agendas as that level. It is not a nicety. It is a necessity. I love that so much. That is just so powerful that it's a necessity, not a nicety. And something that that I also really respect about it is you you haven't spread this message of tell everybody why I matter, right? It's very much about you matter. It's about tapping into appreciating, valuing, and elevating others around us. And one of the places I see that tying into what's so important in every school and workplace is empathy, right? And that that that's one of these most essential skills that we're hearing about. And at the same time, it's also one of the ones that I think a lot of educators would say, you know, it's really difficult to explicitly incorporate into our instruction. And so I'm wondering, have you seen the You Matter 
efforts lower the barrier of entry to teaching empathy in schools? And, you know, with this being an ed tech now podcast, in what ways might you matter model how we can leverage ed tech to powerfully boost our efforts to teach skills like empathy that are decidedly not tech intertwined? That is like 17 genius questions all in one. (laughs) So let me unpack that. And I think there's a lot of relational concepts that are associated with mattering. So I want to definitionally clarify that first, because there's resiliency and there's shame and vulnerability and even self-esteem. So when we think about mattering and put it in the category of an essential need, so empathy is not a result of, but can only operationalize itself when another human being feels like they matter because hurt people hurt people. Does that make sense? So you are seeing hurt in the world or lack of empathy for hurt people because the people doing the hurting don't feel like they matter. And so if you bring it back to an essential need that people are drowning, I did an event with the Mayo Clinic and claimed that mattering is the world's most prolific pandemic and they are linking mattering to mortality. So when you look at people that are literally dying to feel seen and heard and valued and are drowning with the desire to know that they are essential to other people are not in a position to be empathetic to someone else because they are encompassed with their own pain and their own hurt. So until we go to the world from a place of worthiness, interact with one another in a world from places of worthiness. That's why a lot of the empathy initiatives are failures from the perspective, not that the attempt or the anticipation, but the long-term impact of them are failures. That's why bullying programs and suicide prevention and all these things that we do, employee engagement even, don't ultimately change because the change can't come from an outside source. It has to come from the inside. So our approach that encompasses creating more empathetic, compassionate, participatory citizens using technology or not is from an inside out approach, literally from a DNA level. If we help people understand how to build the practices of worthiness, the discipline that is required to be resilient in your own worthiness, then all those other things come. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And that interconnectedness is just so important, you know, that we can't look at these things in isolation. And, you know, some of what I've heard you talking about, you know, you're really clearly, you know, interested in the data take of things. So I'd like to kind of go there for a minute, if if you don't mind. And, you know, one of the things that we keep talking about in, in education, right, is we need students to, you know, have agency and ownership over their own data. And at the same time, like, any teacher who, who will, will turn back to that administrator policymaker and say, you know, it's kind of tough to build agency and ownership around, hey, kid, you're partially proficient on standard 6.3.B, right? Because kids just, they're not looking at that data and thinking, hey, data, hashtag you matter, right? And so like here at StackUp, we're taking this on by giving students credit for their online reading ways that, you know, we think showcase growth data about their passions, you know, and we believe that we're empowering students to own this data because it actually matters to them, right? And I'm really curious to know, you know, now that we're in this moment in which EdTech's equipping us with the ability to collect, you know, unprecedented data sets that go far beyond multiple choice, knowledge level tests, like what kind of novel student data opportunities do you hope 
education decision makers will start to pursue to collect and share with kids to get them to buy into the idea that this data matters. So there's, again, another set of genius questions. So data does matter. And data is everything that the web is built upon. And it's looking at data, not just big data, but also unscripted data. Like I was just at IBM's Amplify, powered by Watson, and looking at the evolution of the amount of data that we will have in our possession by the year 2020, the amount of data that is being created, the amount of content being created, increasing 220-fold by the year 2020. 85% of that is unstructured data that an algorithm can't get to, which means it's the community conversation. So it's collective data. It is in trends and intentions, and that's why you see the hashtag becoming such a powerful data tool because it not only separates topics, it separates sentiment. And so when you're looking at data, what we want to look at is, what are people wanting? In school, we used to use data, whether it's just you know anecdotal, what do you know? What do you want to know? What did you learn? That old-fashioned KWL, that mindset still stands. What do you know? What do you want to know? And what do you know now? Where the world and the web are structured around a whole different set of data points. How do you feel? How do you wish to feel? And what can we do to amplify or get you to that place where you want to feel? Decisions are made through the heart and not the head. And so if we do not understand how emotion plays in this and how an individual's deepest DNA level desire is to feel essential to another person, is to feel that they have value, that they are significant to something and someone, it is the number one thing we should be collecting data on which has prompted a team that I'm working with at the University of Denver and at Georgia Tech University. And we are in the process as we speak of developing the first ever algorithm around mattering, around those core concepts and essential needs of how human beings find value, build value, and see themselves as valuable. That's a ways away. We have a lot of work to do. We've just completed the first round of academic literature review and all of those things and set our stake in the ground that this is high-level, rigorous academic research. It's not some theory or, or some quotient out there. For the heck of it, we really anticipate that eventually that the communities around the web will be structured around mattering, that the web itself is already in that trend because they're already starting this with influence. And the way that we calibrate influence right now is not around concepts of mattering. It's around concepts of popularity. How many followers do you have? How many likes do you have? How many shares? And everyone knows that none of those things matter, that it's about impact. But we've got to work harder on making that algorithm about people's feelings and meeting those feelings and meeting those needs. Hey, it's Lee jumping in with a quick word about StackUp, which makes this podcast possible. StackUp is the only tool that unlocks the learning benefits of the entire web while providing the accountability that educators need to measure progress and engagement. With StackUp, you can measure and report online reading and learning for your entire district in less than two minutes. Now back to the show with Noah Geisel. You know, I I just wonder, as I listen to you spill all this genius on us today, you know, as you're talking about, 
you know, there's all these amazing data points that we can be collecting on students. And, you know, like you said, that over 80% is stuff that you know, machines can't figure out for themselves. And it is part of, you know, and tell me to call me out. This is an oversimplification of, you know, and completely missing the mark on kind of where you're going. But it almost feels like, you know, the key to, you know, students mattering and them seeing value in this is not looking at all this data as a giant pool of answers, but more importantly, to look at it as giant opportunities to ask novel questions. 1000%. So one of my favorite slides that I show when I'm talking about the evolution of technology, the evolution of the web itself is a social media counter that shows not the picture that shows like how much content is created in a minute. That's profound, but it's an actual ticker that shows every second on the web, the content being created. When most people look at that, when most educators look at that, they see that as a data stream, like, Oh my gosh, there's this many videos and this many pog posts and this many likes and tweets and everything. How can we keep up with that information? That's the wrong lens and the wrong way to look at it. The question is, this is a life stream. And in between every one of those 140 characters is an opportunity. And the better question is, how can I embrace that opportunity? And the answer to that question is with a single word, contribution. And so when I look at the divide now, it really is a mattering divide because the reason the web is built around 1% of the population contributing to 99% of the other part of the web in the world consuming, it's because the other 99% don't believe they matter. They don't believe what they have to say or their perspective or their story is perfect enough, grand enough, strong enough to be valued by the other 99% of the world. And that's completely, absolutely erroneous. The most fundamental role that the internet plays is not to give us access to cat videos. It is to increase and amplify our opportunity of sharing our genius with the world. That's what it exists for. That's what the world and the web is built upon. Individuals brave enough, believing they matter enough, believing their story, their idea, their insight, their art is worthy enough to be shared and contributed freely for other people to react to and be impacted by. And so at the foundation of our technology gap and problem is because almost all of the ed tech technology and platforms out there are for consumption, are for curriculum management and development, for tests and consuming certain amounts of facts and dates, and for control, classroom management. They're not to facilitate and extend the opportunity for contribution. Just making my head go boom. I you're, you're, There's so many moments I'm going to, I can already tell I'm going to have to go back and just pause and rewind, pause and rewind to, to write down and make quote cards. This really blew my mind, Andrew. I appreciate it. One of the things I, I'd like to go back to, you know, you talked about these data points as, as life stream. And, and I think that that really ties into something that I really find powerful in the You Matter movement. That's that the you by no means discriminates by age, right? That this is not just a student thing. You know, the teachers matter too, right? And, and you know, part of your journey has involved making some pretty big moves professionally, geographically, right? And I think for a lot of our colleagues, you know, the way our pay schedules work, our pensions plans work, there can add a huge amount of risk to acting on the changes that we dream of making in this world. And so I'm really wondering how in your own experience, 
you know, did looking in the mirror and convincing your own self that, hey, Angela, you matter, you know, empower and enable you to chase your dreams. It is an everyday, minute by minute, breath by breath decision. And mattering isn't an event. It's not an activity. It's not a theme that you adopt. It is a commitment to contributing your best self to the world. And it doesn't mean necessarily contributing your best content, even though that's a part of it. It's contributing your best self to the world, offering everything that you are to the world with a sense of confidence and a sense of calmness. And in that, there is terror because every day I am stepping outside of my comfort zone. I'm doing things I never imagined I'm doing because I am not going to look children in the face and ask them to be brave if I am not stepping up as the model of that. I do not proclaim to be right. I do not proclaim to have all the answers, but what you get with me is what you see. I am living my truth. I am living and sharing from literally the bottom of my heart what I believe about the potential of the people that I'm surrounded with, about not just individual potential, but collective potential. And the greatest thing that we are in danger of for any individual or organization is the feeling that we don't matter. It halts us from every possibility and every opportunity. And when we start understanding, and this is why in the complexity of everything we're talking about, the movement is supported and rides on one simple sentence. You are a genius and the world needs your contribution. That's all within your control. You define what part of you, which is why I love the app you were talking about, because you have to commit to a discovery of what your one unique gift is or the multitude of gifts are that you have that you will commit to for other people and for yourself. And you define what your contribution is. Your contribution might be showing up to the world and smiling for somebody on a day that no one smiled for them. You don't have to create a hospital in a third world country and save orphans. You showing up your full self is the best gift you give to the world. And third, you define what your world is. Your world might be your neighbor. It might be the kid sitting next to you. It might be the teacher in the hallway that you pass, or it might be the world. So all of this is within our control and all of this is within our reach. And I think we give up our greatest power and the greatest power of the web, which is the invitation to share who we are fully and fiercely with each other every single day. And instead we choose not to, we, we have this power in our hands and we choose not to, and we hide and we hold in and we run away because we're scared that what we give to the world is not enough. And we need to stop that because we're not going to be able to teach. We cannot lead. We cannot change the world from a place of unworthiness. And we cannot think that holding back is humble. That is the least humble thing that we can do. It's the most selfish thing that we do. We are not serving anyone by playing small. Everybody who's listening, I love that so much. I hope you, they all do too. You know, look yourself in the mirror. You know, give yourself permission to believe that you and this idea you have to change the world matter. And then, like Angela said, it's not a momentary thing; it is a lifestyle thing. Keep your foot on the gas and go for it. Change the world. I know I'm feeling inspired. I hope all the listeners are. Angela, thank you so much for joining us. You can follow her on Twitter at Angela M A I E R S. 
join the 150,000 plus followers. If you forget that, I always say, if you forget my name, just type in you matter and you will get to it because this message will pull you in. Not me. You are a part of this. You matter so profoundly. You have no idea how powerful you are. Do not give up that power. Do not give it to anyone. Show the world how extraordinary you are. And by doing that, you are modeling for your kids to do exactly the same. Angela, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us today. Thank you. And you matter, everybody. (laughs) Thanks to StackUp for making EdTech Now possible. Go to stackup.net to learn more about how StackUp can track reading across the entire web. I'm Lee Schneider, and thanks for listening.